Rebbe in the year Tafshin Memhei, Yudbeis Tamas, told an incredible story with the Friedrich Rebbe. The previous Rebbe was sent by his father at one point to go to Petersburg, the capital of Russia. At that time, there was an inner minister who was trying to pass a law against the, <clears throat> the whole chinuch, the whole uh, infrastructure of chinuch of the Jewish people. He also wanted to meddle into rabbonus, none of which are Yehorik Val Yavir, you know, you have to die for a pi alocha, but uh, they wanted to make modifications. So the Friedrich Rebbe sent his son, Bnoi Yechidoi, his only son, to the Irabiro, to the capital of Petersburg, to suspend and to see to it that this decree does not pass. When the son, the Friedrich Rebbe, asked his father, how long shall I stay and try and make attempts before I give up? And the father said, until Messir is nefesh. Now, the Rebbe explains, there was no Messir nefesh involved there. It was not a matter of Sakana. All he had to do is go and try to lobby some people that he knew or that he got to know and make sh- see if he can help change the, the outcome of this, of this law. <coughs> and anything that the Friedrich would have done would not be against the laws of the country because lobbying, you know, trying to, you know, try to convince uh, government officials uh, to alter a certain legislation was perfectly within the normal behavior of any citizen. But here he's telling him to go to Messiris Nefesh. So that was a very strange, that was a little bit mysterious to the Friedrich Rebbe. But the Friedrich Rebbe kept this in his mind and to see what, what that means. What did, the, what did his father mean if they go to Messiris Nefesh? Now, the Sarah Pnim, the inner minister of Russia at that time, uh, was very, very smart. He was literally leading the country. He was on top of the Tsar himself, not formally, but technically and practically speaking, he ran the show. Because the Tsar, as we know, uh, was not very smart. And some say he was actually more than not smart. He was actually quite stupid. He was drinking. He wasn't capable of running a country. So all the practical uh, daily running of the country was done by the Tsar Apnim, the inner minister. Now, this inner minister happened to be a Russian Berusha, an anti-Semite of the First Order. And, and, and the Rebbe adds he was so cruel in his anti, anti-Semitism and his hatred that he, pushed, he was subhuman. I mean, he was willing to do the most cruel things based on his hatred. The Jews suffered under him so much, pogroms and so on. So when the Friedrich Rebbe came in, in, in the capital, he found out that um, this inner minister happened to have a mentor, a professor who was his mentor. He mentored him when he was young and taught him the, the ropes of government and political science, etc. So the Friedrich Rebbe decided, I'm going to go straight to that mentor, become his friend. He's a guy who lived in Petersburg in the capital. 
And of course, he was a very prominent man, but he was an academic. He wasn't a politician. Friedrich Rebbe went and um, looked him up, went to visit him, and they started talking philosophy and, and you know, intellectual stuff, and <clears throat> they became very friendly. So the, f- the mentor asked the Friedrich Rebbe what he's doing in town, and the Friedrich Rebbe told him that he needs help because his student, the student of this mentor, is actually planning a legislation that will hurt the interest and the integrity of Jewish education. And he's here to try to find ways to uh, prevent this from happening. Uh, <clears throat> so this mentor, this mentor told the Friedrich Rebbe, listen, as a mentor of this inner minister, who's the most powerful man in the country, uh, as his mentor, I have actually a license to go into the building where he works, which is probably the most important building in the country, um, and go into his office whenever I want. I don't need a special permit. I have an um, ongoing, permanent uh, license to go in any time I want. Now, for normally to get into that building, you have to have a special permit. And for a Jew... Even to be found in Petterburg, you weren't allowed to live in Petterburg. So you could stop, be stopped by a police officer. What are you doing here? You look Jewish. But of course, you're allowed to visit um, on a temporary basis. So the inner minister, because he got to liking the Friedrich Rebbe, he said to him, listen, I, I'm willing to give you my little piece of paper, my permit to go into the building, which will allow you to go in and to go into the office and to visit my uh, disciple, my student. But I'm warning you that this is very dangerous because if you're caught that you're holding somebody else's license, you can be in imminent danger. And then you, you, may, you might get the death penalty. That's when the Friedrich Rebbe understood what his father was telling him, until Messiris Nefesh. And you can imagine a Jew with a beard and payas and a long kapata who speaks Russian with an accent, says the Rebbe, to go in, to be found in the middle of the building of the inner minister and his offices, that was something that was so conspicuous and aroused, would arouse so much suspicion. I mean, this is clearly going into the, the lines then. But the Friedrich Rebbe didn't think twice. His father said, tell me, Nefesh. So he took this permit, thanked this uh, professor, the mentor of this inner minister, and went straight to that building. When he came, he went to the guards. The guards were standing by the door, and they, they looked at his permit, and they were shocked because they see a Jew who looks like a Jew with a beard and pace, and it's forbidden for Jew to even live here, let alone to come to this building. And um, <clears throat> even a guy couldn't get in unless he had a special permit. But they saw this permit, and it says clearly that he's, he's allowed to come in anytime he wants. So they had to let him through. The Friedrich Rebbe went straight inside the building. He began to search for the office of the inner minister. He didn't know what he was going to do. He just was going to go straight like a Trila Riba. He erred in, um, in, in the hallways. It was a big building and was looking and looking. Till he had, he had no choice. He had to ask one of the people, the officials that were in the hallways, asked them, where is the office of the inner minister? This itself was a danger to ask 
because you arouse attention and the, whether you want to see the inner minister, you're a Jew, what's your business here? This was, would have gotten him in, in, um, in imminent danger. <clears throat> but he did, he asked, and they showed him where the office is. As he's going towards the office, he sees suddenly how the inner minister is just walking out of his office and is walking in another direction. The Fiyitik Rebbe, who came from the, other, the opposite direction, as the inner minister left the office, he walked straight into the office without asking questions and saw on the desk different pieces of paper. Some of them were already sealed and signed by the inner minister approved these laws were approved and and then there was a pile of, of papers which wasn't approved yet so the Friedrich Eber looked quickly through the piles of paper that wasn't approved yet he saw that paper with this law this legislation was going to be approved he took the stamps there were two stamps on the table one said approved one says not approved and he took the stamp which says not approved stamped that piece of paper about the Jewish, uh, the Jewish law, the law about the Jewish education, and he put it between the pile, inside the pile, of all the papers that were not approved. And he quickly left the office, very calmly, left the building peacefully, and went back home to Lubavitch. That's the story of Mesir Snevish, an, an amazing story. The Rebbe says, this is mind-boggling. He says, the Rebbe, this story has no place in Seichel. In Havana and Hasbara, it's hard to explain. To go into a government office, into the office of the most powerful man in the country, he's literally running the country, and to go and override his leadership, right, and doing something against him. The Rebbe says that type of act, to do this successfully, and for anyone to have the power to do such a thing, has to be Begeder Malchus. He has to be a, a tzaddik, somebody who's in the, who also has the inner Malchus in him. So therefore, one Malchus can override another Malchus. But an ordinary person to go straight to the lines then, to the heart of the government, right, the seat of government, and go there and, and override what they're doing, Malchus is a certain koyach, even goyish Malchus, right? For a human being to be able to override the koyach of Malchus here on earth takes someone who himself has sort of the idea, the concept of Malchus in him. So the Rebbe Rashab was a Nasi, he was a Rebbe. He had inner Malchus in him, but he sent his son. So the question is, if the, free, the Rebbe Rashab was still alive, he was the Nasi of the generation, he was the Rebbe of the generation... He had in Malchus, the Friedrich Rebbe was his son. So how could be that Koyach Malchus in the Friedrich Rebbe, be given to the Friedrich Rebbe, when we know there's a rule, Ein Shnei Malachim Bekeserechot. You can't have two kings with the same crown. Dabor Echot Ladoir, as Rashi says, there's only one leader in the generation. You can't have two leaders at once. And we you know the Gemara, the Gemara says that Rebbe... Uh, came from David Amelech, and he wanted to know whether he has the status of a Nasi. The Torah says that a Nasi who does an Avera B'Shoigig brings a certain carbon that other regular people don't bring. Right? It's a Soyer, a Seira. He brings a Soyer. 
Uh, other people, when they do a very b'shogik, they, they bring a seira, I think. So the Rabbi Kodesh wanted to know whether he is, uh, has the status because he was the leader of the generation. And they told him, In Bavl, there's the Resh Gelusa, and he also has, he's your rival. So therefore, you're not the only leader. So the Rebbe said, so this is the Rebbe's question, how could the Rebbe Rashab hand over to the Friedrich Rebbe um, that he should take over that Koyuch of Meluchu to be able to take on a government and override what they are doing. So the Rebbe says we learned it from last week's Haftarah. In the story, last week's Haftarah we have the story of David and Shlema. David the Melech was uh, dying on his deathbed and Adonijob and Chagis was trying to take over the Melucha. And uh, Bathsheba, the mother of Shlema, was coming to David the Melech at the advice of Nosan Hanavi, saying, listen, go tell David what's happening. Um, tell him that Adonijob and Chagis is taking the Melucha, and you, David, you promised Bathsheba, made a shvua, that Shlema, her son, will be the Melech. And so the whole text tells us that... Um, David the Melech called Bathsheba and he promised her that Adonio will not be king, Shlomo will be king, Shlomo ben Echimlech Acharai. And at one point he says, he told them to go take Shlomo by the well, by the, by the well, by Mea Shiloach, and they should anoint him as king, and they should say, This is all during David the Melech's lifetime. David didn't die yet. That means that David the Melech appointed Shlomo Melech his son while he was still alive, to be the king. So the question is, how can, if we have a klal, the two melachim cannot be because rechod, right? I feel like a nima, it says in the Gemara, that even at a hair, they can't overlap even by a hair. Two kings in succession of each other cannot overlap even by a hair. Because this is a rule, it's an axiomatic rule. A king can only be one. There can't be even one second in time when there are two kings at the same time, simultaneously. There's no such a thing. It's not possible. It's by definition an impossibility. So how could David the Melech do this during his lifetime when he was still alive and, and appointing Shleim? So that's the Rebbe said. So the Rebbe says that the, the Rebbe says an, an, an amazing vote. And generally, the fact that a king is able to give the power of his kingship to someone else is also not surprising. Because Evet Melech Melech, it says, even the servant of a king who's totally devoted to the king has sort of a grain or a glimmer of that kingship in him. Because the king, not because he's a rival to the king, it's not a Shnei Melochim. He's an extension of the king. The king is operating through him. He's totally transparent to the king. But through, the, through that Evet, the king can delegate a kingly mission even through an Evet. That's in generally, even if somebody is not related to him. Allah has come, come, we're talking about a Ben, when, who is the Yerush of the Melucha. We know what the Rogit Shavu says, that Yerusha is different than Mecher. Yerusha is not where something belongs to one person and it's transferred in ownership to a new person. Like with every gift or every sale, right? There's two separate ownerships and one, the property transfers from one ownership to the other. With Yerusha, the... the, the with Yerushim, the Friedrich Rebbe, uh, the Rebbe, right, Rogachovic says, Yerushim is different. Yerushim, a son 
is comes from the, the etzem of the son is from the etzem of the father. And when the father was alive, he was part of his etzem. He was connected to him. There's an essential bond because he comes from him. Yerusha means that that etzem connection, the son had with the father, kicks in when the father dies. So he is instead of the father. Tachas says in Tilim. It's not that it transfers out of the father's domain, goes into a new domain. The son is the same domain as the father. It's just now that the father is not here, the son becomes now the, um, the occupier of that space. Because Be'etzim, they're really one. It's just as long as the father is alive, he's only an extension of the father. Once the father dies, he becomes autonomously the, the, um, the owner of that estate because he is Be'etzim, part of the father. He's instead of the father, he's part of the father. So the Rebbe said, thing with Melucha. Melucha, a melech is someone who has Melucha in him, Be'etzim. Right? The Melucha of Malcha Beis David, they were Be'etzim Melucha, as the Rambam says. Right? They had the Etzim in Melucha in them, even before they were Melachim, even when their parents were still alive. So when Shleimah Melech, when David was alive, Shleimah Melech had the Etzim in Melucha in him. Why do he have the Etzim Melucha? Because he's an extension of his father. And because his father is a melech, has a he also has the melucha. But the melucha is behelam. It's called the helam atzmi. He's totally behelam. It's not begilah because his father is alive. So it's not inconceivable that the father, when he needs his son to act as a melech, he can reveal that atzmizdike bond that the ben has, the son has, that that atzmizdike malchus that is there in his etzem that is not revealed. But the father can reveal it as an extension of him, of the father. It's not a rivaling melucha. It's, it's an extension. It's an extension of the father himself. Same thing with the Friedrich Rebbe and the Rebbe Rashab, That the Friedrich Rebbe was not Melech yet. Melech was the Rebbe Rashab. He was the Nasi. And he had the Koyach and the ability to take on a melucha. This inner minister that ran the country. And the Friedrich Rebbe was given by his father. Was, the Friedrich father was megaling him. At that moment, the etzim amalucha that was in the etzim of the Friedrich Rebbe was not a separate thing. It was an extension of his father. Because he's a piece of his father. Right? He's a chilek of his father. He comes from his father. So therefore, it was his father's malucha that was extended in the Friedrich Rebbe. That atzmistik yashayich is the malucha that the son has from the father was activated by the Friedrich by the Rebbe Rashab, so he should be able to have the power to take on the malucha. It's fascinating how the Rebbe sees in this whole story an incredible idea that it deals with Nisius and with Malucha and how one Nasi gives over the power of Nisius to another Nasi to be able to accomplish certain certain missions that are ordinarily impossible. <laughs>